Wonderful singing this morning. Y'all must be getting ready for VBS. We're going to be talking about choosing God's way in our VBS this week. And this idea of choosing is an important concept, isn't it? I mean, choices are powerful things. Every choice we make pushes us in one direction or the other. And a lot of times the choices that we make are made rather quickly, but the consequences of them go on and on and on. And so that just means making choices is something very important. Every choice either makes us a little better or makes us a little worse. And so I think it's worth our time this morning to spend a little time thinking about why we make the choices that we make. Thankfully, the Bible boils it down to basically two different reasons we choose what we choose. And one is what I'm going to call the flesh choice. This is where we choose things based upon our perspective, our understanding, our feelings, our ambitions, and we choose based upon, therefore, our perspective of those things. Well, you might think, what other way is there to choose? There is another way to choose, and that's what we're going to call the faith choice. And this is where we make decisions based upon God's perspective, what God's word says, what God's purposes are. And so in the flesh choice, we're living in a little, bub a little bubble in which we are just making decisions based upon our senses. But in the faith choice, we're reaching out beyond our bubble to listen to what God has to say and living in a way in which he teaches us we ought to live. There's two different ways we can live. One is the flesh choice. The other is the faith choice. And there are few people, and by the way, this is what the Apostle Paul had in mind when he said that we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. And there are a few people in Scripture that help us make this faith choice better than looking at the life of Moses. In our early service at the 915, Nathan did a wonderful job looking at how Moses called the people of Israel to make the faith choice as they were going into the land of promise. He says, I put before you today life and death, blessing and cursing, choose life. And he did a wonderful job teaching us how Moses called the people to make a choice for faith. But the reason he could call people to make the faith choice is because he had already made the faith choice. And Hebrews chapter 11 gives us the reasons behind the choices that Moses made. So I hope you have your Bibles with me. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. The most important thing we're going to do in this time together right now is read God's Word. So you'll want to have Hebrews chapter 11 with you. And let's listen to why Moses made the faith choice and see if we can learn from him. So we are in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 23. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. 
by faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking for a reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the king's anger, for he endured seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. Here we see that Moses made his choices by faith. And as a result, it blessed his family, and it ended up saving his soul. And so I'd like for us to look at what the Hebrew writer is doing here is he's trying to help us see why did Moses make the decisions that he made? Why did he, or how did he make these faith choices? I want to suggest that it begins with an understanding that a faith choice refuses to value things the way the world values things. If we're going to make the faith choice, we need to refuse the way the world values things. You see, even though Moses was born a, an Israelite slave, he ended up being raised by... Pharaoh's daughter, and he was a grandson, if you will, of Pharaoh. But during his formative years, his own mother, Moses' own mother, taught him about the Lord, about the Lord's promises, and about the Lord's people. And it came a day, young people, it came a day when Moses had to make a decision based on that. Was he going to just be with the Egyptian rulers, or was he going to associate himself with the slaves that were Hebrews in the land? And that one day, that day came, and he saw a Hebrew slave being abused and beaten by an Egyptian ruler, and he stood with the people of God. He stood with that beaten slave, and that choice changed the direction of his life. As a result, he had to flee to uh, a foreign land for 40 years where he lived in the wilderness. But that choice defined his life, that he stood with the people of God, he stood with the Lord, he stood with the promises of God, and it changed his life. And by the way, it changed history as well because of what he had done. And the reason that he left all of that privilege he had in Egypt behind, the writer tells us in verse 24, is because he refused to do something. Notice what he refused. Verse 24. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose not to value status in the way in which the world values status. I mean, this is a little bit like being born Bill Gates' son and then deciding you're going to change your name and go live in Uganda somewhere. 
Why in the world would you do that? That doesn't seem to make any sense. You are not valuing position, status, reputation like everyone else. When it comes to people's esteem of us, the way they view us, that has a big pull on us, doesn't it? We make a lot of choices in our life in order to please other people, in order to fit in with what other people think we ought to be and say and do. And as a result, we end up making a lot of decisions that are purely fleshly decisions. But what the decision of faith does is it chooses to value something greater than the view other people have of us. And that is that we are children of God. If you think about Moses, what he did is he had this little gold nameplate on his robe and it said, Pharaoh's grandson. And he took it off and he pitched it to the side and he grabbed a whole wadded up pieces of piece of paper on the ground and it said, God's child. And he took it and he pinned it to his shirt and he went off smiling. He just had a different idea of what makes a person valuable. If he would have been living today, he would have said, call me CEO, call me boss, call me manager, blah, blah, blah. What's most important is that I am a child of God. When you value status like that, it changes the decisions that you make. But when you get all caught up, in the title that you wear and how other people think about you, you tend to make fleshly choices. But when your greatest passion, your most delightful uh, description is that you're a child of God, then you'll make faith choices. That's what Abraham, that's what Moses did. But notice also that he also valued pleasures differently. Notice the next verse, verse 25. He chose rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Moses could have done anything he wanted to. Like a lot of us, he could, if he wanted to, go to the most exotic places in the planet. He could enjoy the most beautiful possessions. Uh, he could eat the most fabulous foods. I mean, he could have every kind of pleasure that he wanted to. And yet, the text says that he chose mistreatment with the people of God rather than just enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. If we're not careful in our life, we can get to the point where we make decisions based upon this question. What is most enjoyable? And if we, if we make decisions based upon what is most enjoyable, Satan's got us right where he wants us. That's right where he had Eve back in the garden, right? She saw the fruit that it was good. It was good for eating. And since it was pleasurable, she wanted it even though... The Lord had said that you are not to have that. But here is Moses. He has a different value when it comes to pleasure. So there's all these pleasures of Egypt. And for one thing, he realizes that they're just brief. But then secondly, he esteems something even more 
important, even better than pleasure. And this is what it is. He understood that having a hard time with the people of God was more valuable than the passing pleasures of life apart from God. I mean, do you believe that? Do you believe that having a real hard time with the people of God is just a better life than if you were to just give yourself to the pleasures of this world? That's just a different way of viewing pleasures, isn't it? It is putting pleasures in their place, if you will. And for Moses, a hard day of laboring for the Lord was a whole lot better than a whole week chasing some pleasure. But then, I also notice in the next verse, we've been in 24, we've been in 25, now look at verse 26. Because here we learn that he has a different uh, view of possessions. Verse 26, Moses considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. Of course, what we know from history about Egypt is that it was one of the wealthiest nations there's ever been. And here is Moses, and he's got his name on the bank account. He carries with him a government credit card. He can do anything he wants. He can have all of the treasures he wants. Uh, but he values something more than just the possessions of this life. You know, money and possessions is really the thing that drives, I think, most of our decisions, isn't it? I mean, you just think about how much possessions drive our thinking and our actions. Think of all the time you spend thinking about what you want to buy and how much time you spend buying it and then how much time you spend maintaining it. And what you begin to see is that possessions, they take a lot of thought and a lot of time. And that's why it's so easy for us to be the servants of our stuff. And it becomes our idol. And we become its humble worshiper. But here's Moses. He's got a different view when it comes to the treasures of Egypt. He thinks it's a whole lot better to associate himself with the reproach of Christ than it is to just value treasures like everybody else does. You see, the reason that Moses made the faith choice is that he saw things differently than most people in this world. He saw position, reputation, status differently. He saw pleasures differently than the world does. He saw possessions differently. And when you begin to see the things of this world differently than the world values them, well, then you end up making a different choice than the world makes. But then notice, secondly, I noticed several times throughout this text that Moses made his choices based upon his willingness to accept godly suffering. Do you notice that? Look there. He chose to be mistreated with the people of God. He chose the reproach of Christ. He chose not to be afraid, but to endure. So here is Moses making these choices, realizing that those choices are going to cause him to suffer. If we're going to make the faith choice, we have to realize that we live in a fallen and sinful world. 
and to make the faith choice is going to put us counter to the sinful and fallen world and therefore it's not always going to be peaceful and pleasant and easy. You see, one of the common excuses that people give for choosing to do what is selfish and sinful is this. God just wants me to be happy. God wouldn't want me to suffer. God just wants me to be happy. And of course, he wouldn't want me to stay in this marriage because God wants me to be happy. And God wouldn't want me to pursue this activity that's taking up my mind and my time away from the Lord and his service because well, God wants me to be happy. Didn't God make me with all these senses that are intended to fire off and to go into all kinds of uh, just wonderment over the experiences that I have? And so if he's given me these senses, I need to give happiness to them. Happiness ought to be driving what I'm doing. Well, Moses had a different view. And he believed that when you made the faith choice in a sinful and fallen world, it sometimes means that you choose the suffering path. By the way, that's exactly what Jesus did. When Jesus came to this earth to glorify God and to save us, he didn't just take the happy path. He took the path of godly suffering. And by the way, I guess I would put in our minds this little thought. We gladly do this. We gladly accept godly suffering because we understand, as Moses did, that to suffer for God's sake is the, the most fulfilling, satisfying, joyful thing that God gives us to do. Jesus faced the cross and he endured it for the joy that God was going to the glory he was going to get and the salvation that was going to result as, as a result of his, his crucifixion. So there is a joy in suffering. But without suffering, number one, we can't mature, we can't grow, and number two, we can't be very helpful to others. If our guiding principle is, I ought to do what makes me happy, I'll be rather useless to others. But think about Moses. Because he chose godly suffering, he was a blessing to Israel. He helped them be delivered from their slavery. But not only did he suffer with them, but he also suffered because of them. I mean, the Israelites, they were a thorn in his side. They were just constantly complaining and arguing and making it hard. But you know, he suffered for them. He endured and he was patient and he was forgiving and he continued to pray for them and he helped them and it's because he suffered with them that they even had a chance. Uh, when we make the faith choice, we need to see the value, the value of accepting godly suffering. It's where God does good work in us and good work in among his people. And so at this point, we might be asking ourselves, why in the world would I want to make the faith choice? <laughs> to make the faith choice means that I'm going to value things differently than everybody in the world. Secondly, it means that I'm going to accept godly suffering. Nope. Except if you understand the goal of the faith choice. And the goal of the faith choice is found in verse 26. Moses refused 
And he chose, and he laughed, and he kept. Why? Because he was looking for a reward. People will do all kinds of things, and they'll go through all kinds of suffering, and they'll make all kinds of crazy decisions in their, in their life if they believe the goal is worth it. Like maybe wanting to be a doctor or something like that. And all of the decisions that have to go into that. That's a, why do you do it? Because of the good that could happen as a result of that. And for Moses, he believed that all that he gave up, all of the riches of the, of the Nile, all of the treasures of Egypt, was nothing compared to what God has prepared for those who love him. This is what Paul wrote in Romans 8 and verse 18. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. In fact, there's a real kinship, I think, in the experience of Moses and Paul. They're very similar. Paul had all kinds of advantages. He had a great education. He had a great reputation. He had a lot of power. I mean, here was a guy at the very top of his game. This was celebrity status in Jewish circles. And he gave it all up. And he turned, it, he turned away from all of that. Why? Because he believed that what he had in Christ was far better. This is how he put it. In Philippians 3 and verse 7, What things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet I indeed count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And I count them as rubbish, that I might gain Christ. That's how you make the faith choice, is you really believe that what you are receiving in Christ is more valuable than anything the world has. And so... Paul's CPA says, you got to think about the future here, brother. And the celebrity magazines were saying, Paul has lost his mind. But Paul says, no, I've made the faith choice. And the faith choice has the greatest riches attached to it. In fact, just think about it. If Moses wouldn't have made the faith choice, what would have happened? Probably... His mummy today would be in the British Museum somewhere, unnamed and unclaimed and unknown with a bunch of other mummies. But because he made the faith choice, he blessed millions of people. And he is for us an example of how to follow the Lord. And his name written in the chapter of faith. What I'd like to do is conclude by some practical ways in which we can make faith choices this week. First of all, as we're making our choices this week, may I ask us to consider godly role models? Notice something that happens in the text. I'm in verse 23 where it talks about Moses' parents. And how do they act? Well, you remember they saved their son when the king has said, I'm going to kill all of the sons. And notice what it says about them. They were not afraid of the king's edict. They weren't afraid of the king. They honored the king of kings. And they taught their son about the king of kings and about his people and about how worthy he is. But then notice what happens in verse 27. 
in 27, when Moses finds himself in his own moment of crisis, what, he, what is he doing? He's not fearing the wrath of the king. How did he learn to do that? I want to suggest that the way that he did that is that he had seen that modeled in his own parents. When it comes to making good decisions, most of us can't do that well unless we have a good model. I've just seen that in my own life and in people's lives through the years. I mean, you can just tell them all day long, make the right choices. And they go, okay, but how do you do that? Most of us need a good role model. And so may I encourage us to think this week, as we're making choices, look at Moses and ask yourself, what would Moses do? In that popular statement, ask yourself, what would Jesus do? It is helpful to me that I have fostered relationships in my life with people that I believe have way outstripped me when it comes to the expression of faith in the way that they risk themselves for the service of the Lord, in the way that they're evangelistic, in the way that they are holy and pure, in the way in which they honor and worship the Lord. And I, I host people play in my mind all the time. And I find myself in situations and I go, <laughs> what would he do? How would she handle that? Moses had something like that in his life. And I think each of us ought to as well. This week, when you make decisions, ask yourself, what would that good role model do? Secondly, let's remember to put things where they belong. Now, I'm not talking about cleaning your house, though that's a good idea. Put things where they belong. But notice what verse 26 is. I love this phrase in verse 26. He says, all of these things are in Egypt. You see it there? In Egypt. The position, the wealth, the pleasures, where are they all at? They're in Egypt. But what is in Egypt has little value outside of Egypt. You know, you go around today and you got a, a certain coin or a certain kind of currency that's taken in one land but not in another. And then you take it over there and you try to use it in another and it'll change, the value of it all seems to change, right? When it comes to a lot of the things we value, our possessions, the things we love, our pleasures, our position, what people think of us, we need to remember they've got currency in Fort Worth, but not in heaven. The most important thing that we do is lay up treasures for ourselves in heaven. As Jesus said, lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where do you want to go? What is your goal in life? Well, if it is in the world, then you're going to make worldly decisions. But if it is in heaven, you'll make faith decisions. So, one idea is to think about place. Most important place is not in Egypt, but in heaven. But another thing is to think about time. And I'm focusing on that word in verse 20, that word fleeting. That 
he counted what he had in Christ much more important than the fleeting pleasures of sin. And so when it comes to our choices, we need to remember how brief the things of this world are. Every possession and every position that we have has an expiration date on it. And it's a lot sooner than we think. And every one of us in our lives, in our bodies, have a death date in this world attached to it. And it's a lot sooner than we think. And so if we realize that time is fleeting, then we will make choices appropriately. And so we make decisions based upon a different understanding of the most important place. Not in Fort Worth, but in heaven. And the most important concepts of time. That things don't go on here forever. I mean, that job title of I have got is something special until it's completely forgotten in five years and nobody knew I had it. The fleeting pleasures of sin. But then the last thing, perhaps we can remember this week, as we're making our choices, is to remember to trust in God to come through. I see that in verse 29. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, they were drowned. Living by faith is the most secure, it's the safest way to travel. Living by faith is the safest way to travel. When you are traveling by sight, you end up drowned. And that's what happened to them. And so we make our faith choice based upon our belief that God is ultimately in control and he will allow his people to ultimately be delivered. Well, as we close and we think about the most important decision a person can make, and that is with regard to their eternal salvation, we need to remember that when it comes to salvation, it's a faith choice. We, by faith, believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He came to this earth and He lived a perfect life, that His death upon the cross was intended to be for the forgiveness of my sins, that His resurrection was certification of my justification. All of those things I believe by faith. And it is a choice by faith that I'm saved. The Apostle Paul put this together with baptism this way in Colossians chapter 2. Listen to this, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12. That we were buried with Christ in baptism. And we will also be raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised Jesus from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he is made alive together with him, having forgiven all of your trespasses. When we were baptized, we had faith that when we were baptized, God took away our sins the sins of the flesh, and he gave us that same resurrection life that Jesus had. Salvation is a decision by faith. And by the way, Moses and the Egyptians made that same decision. It tells us there in verse 28, by faith they kept the Passover. And so there they were on the verge of leaving Egypt 
And God tells him, I want you to have a meal. And I want you to take this blood and I want you to put it over the door of your home. And whoever does it, the destroyer will not take you. Uh, you will live. And those who don't have faith, they will die. That takes us right back to 915 this morning, doesn't it, brother? Choose life. You can choose death if you choose not to live by faith. But if you live by faith, then you choose the path of life. And maybe there's somebody here this morning that needs to make that choice. By faith, to trust that God's going to come through by what he did for Jesus Christ and take away your sins. And today, you can just come to the front and say, I have faith in Jesus that he'll forgive me of my sins with all that I've done. And I trust that he'll do it when I'm baptized in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And we'll rejoice in that choice of faith. Please, if you need to, respond as we stand and sing.